0: What's going on? Welcome to the Mike Janela Show. Mike here. We're back after a little Labor Day break. And all of a sudden, it's football season. Summer's over. The NFL's in full swing. And for that reason, I have uh, this week's guest who's coming on to talk about what it's like to cover some professional football in the NFL. With the uh, Philadelphia Inquirer, he covers the Philadelphia Eagles. And I've known him for, what's it been now? Like, f- f- nine years, something it, like that? It, Zach Berman, What's going on? nine
1: by? years, yes. Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's nine worked. years. Then uh, it, it goes all the way back to when you were one of my bosses, Daily Orange in Syracuse. So I, uh, I'm sure we'll get into to everything over over the next few minutes. But I owe a lot of it. You, know, you were one of the first people to edit the story I wrote.
0: And you've only gotten better from there, and not anything to do with me. But yeah, that's kind of the genesis of it. So, uh, Zach, we have you. You're on. So we're recording this on a Sunday night, uh, week one of the NFL season. The Eagles have the Monday Night Football, at least one of the two slots to kick off on week one. So you're on your way to the airport right now to get down to Atlanta from Philly. So that's let's jump right into that. Uh, we'll talk. We'll cover in the podcast a little bit about the Eagles specifically, looking at their season, what you expect out of them. I also want to talk to you more about the general process, of sort of what the life is like for you in your position. But now, yeah. since you're on the road, or at least going to be in the process of getting on the road, um, talk to me about that. What's it like? What's the weekly process once the season starts of being a beat writer for an NFL team? Yeah, the season itself is
1: very regimented. So um, it, it, it's actually atypical in a week when there's a Monday night game. Boy, uh, a standard week, you know, when they're playing on Sunday, uh, it it's very cut dry in, in that uh, there's a the game Sunday, and the game day is is really uh, that's that's the fun part of the week. But the the most the job getting up to the game day. So I I kind of work from behind. They so have the game Sunday, uh, then Monday you're wrapping it up the game and. And by wrapping it up, I, I, I mean, when you're at the game you're in the press box, you don't really know everything that's going on. You don't really know that until you watch the case the next day. So the same way the coaches are watching film, the writers right have as well. Uh, and, and that's when you really kind of see what happened in the, in the game. Um, you you go over the snap counts. That, that's a big part of it. Uh, and and you, you kind of figure out what the loop's going to be from, from there. Now, the head coach talked Monday. Um, you're – you try to get a few players if you can as well, uh, and then and, and you get into that next week. And the Eagles are different than a lot of teams because they practice on Tuesday. So a traditional NFL work week usually have Tuesday as kind of day off between the, the previous week and, and the week ahead. Uh, not Eagles. Uh, Chip Kelly, sports science. They're practicing on Tuesday, so you're at the team facility on Tuesday. And, and for those who are kind of outside the business or have never been. At a facility, the writers literally have a cute at the practice facility. Um, and I'm uh, there, I'm at practice, I'm in the locker for 45 minutes, I'm talking to Chip Kelly, the head coach, uh, the assistant coaches. Uh, so, so that goes on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, and you're, you're in the locker room each, each day, um, uh, and, and, uh, and you're, you have to, there are teleconferences with the opposing team as well. So, uh, long story short, that, that, that's 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 kind of what the week is. And then um, Friday, uh, a lot of great because at least in newspapers, the Sunday paper is still the big money maker, and that's when you really have a chance to kind of stretch your muscles as a writer. So you're really doing a lot of your Sunday work on Friday. Um, if they have a road game, Saturday they travel, uh, and then Sunday that, that that's when all the fun Sundays the game, so you're at the game three and a half hours early. Uh, in active come ninety minutes before, and then really the only time of the week when a beat writer kind of doesn't have uh, major responsibility is from the time the inactives are announced to the time the game starts. Is during those ninety minutes. Uh, uh, during those ninety minutes, literally nothing can happen. It's it, it, that old coaching expression that the hay is in the barn. Uh, so uh by, by by that point you're you're kinda of waiting for kickoff. you grab a quick fight, uh and then kickoff comes in, and the week starts over again. Uh,
0: so Yeah, what are you talking about? Uh, Nothing yeah. happens those ninety minutes. That's when all the scrums at the press box buffet go down, at least from my experience back in the day.
1: Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. You're 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 right about that. <laughs> uh, but uh but yeah but, but but then once the game happens, uh you're rolling from there. You're writing a few stories up, game and slogging tweeting. Um, and, uh, so, so that's the work week, but it's important to point out, and I'm sure all your listeners know, that even when you're not at the facility, you're, you're working. so, uh, you're working sources, you're, you're posting stuff on Twitter, you're checking Twitter to make sure someone doesn't beat you on something, um, so it, it's really dynamic, uh, and what I went through is, it's really the season, um, but the off season is a totally different season when you're a, a beat writer, so... It's really the season and the non-playing season that are the two components of the job.
0: Talk to me about because you you mentioned something I think is really interesting, at least especially nowadays for a person that writes for a quote-unquote newspaper. Because you're not just writing for a paper; you're writing for a website. You're tweeting, you know, like a madman and delivering news that way. You're, sure. I'm sure, doing other different uh, media commitments, whether it's hosting a video online or uh, doing, you know, podcasting things like this, radio appearances. What do you consider yourself? Because this isn't 1981 where you can be, uh, you know, Bob Ryan at the Boston Globe and you can, you're can you just a newspaper writer. What do you consider your job to be these days?
1: That's a great question uh, because it's, it's not just a newspaper writer. It's a reporter, uh, a reporter in, in, in all apps, and, and I, I pay less attention to the delivery mechanism and more to the actual content. So... Uh, for instance, my my primary employer. I mean, I mean my employer is a newspaper, um, but it's more of a media organization. Philly.com, this is the Philadelphia Inquirer's website. Uh, I mean, we're dynamic on there. So, uh, I I I have a blog post up every day, Monday to Friday. Uh, it's called Early Birds, and that's up in the morning. So, so that's before people hit their desk at at work. After Chip Kelly's press conference, I have something up then. Uh, so if, if you're, you're kind of blogging or writing stories throughout the day, then you have to get your story in for the paper. Um, as you said, video interviews, I have a television contract, with Comcast Sportsnet, um, so I'm, I'm on TV as well. Uh, so the key is to think about it as you're an information gatherer and an information dispenser. And whether that is in the newspaper, whether that is online, whether that's on Twitter, whether that's on radio, whether that's on, on television, the key part of it is supporting. The key part of it is gathering information and telling it, telling it in a, either a good story that, that, that that's interesting or a good story that breaks news, whatever it may be. Um, the key is the information, not as much the delivery mechanism. So
0: how would you get to where you are? Because we... As we mentioned at the top of the show, you and I go back to days at the college newspaper up at Syracuse. So, how do you go from sitting in on Jerry McNamara pressers after in a game yeah. against LeMoyne at the beginning of the basketball season to now your Comcast TV contract and you're talking to Chip Kelly a couple times a week and you got your, what are you up to now, like 24,000 Twitter followers or something like that? How'd you get from point A to point B? Yeah, it, it, it's
1: been a fun, it's been a fun past. Now, I'll start with college in that. Um, and you and I both here. We didn't have the the prototypical college experience per se. Uh, in in that, I was at the campus paper. Um, so I was I was covering a B. I was working. Uh, I was working nights editing. I mean, we took those road trips to uh, New York and Hartford, Connecticut, DC for John, I mean, you you name it, all I around the Big team, Louisville, um, and, and we were following the very team. So uh, that, that kind of was my introduction and then the key thing was internships for me, um, and I interned at the thought up and at my junior year of college and then after my senior year of college I got an internship at the Washington Post, um, which was incredible. That, 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 that was kind of what my, my goal was. I was really fortunate to get it and, and, and that was, um, the, the postgraduate school if you will for me. I, mean, I, I, uh, I remember that, that summer, um, Getting there, that was the summer of 2008. Uh, it was the Beijing Olympics, and the Post sent a lot of people to Beijing, and so it was a really good summer to intern there because there was just a lot of work to do, whether it was the national whether it was the Orioles at the time, picking up for people, you uh, know, I mean, big picture stories, um, previewing the Olympics, things of that nature. Uh, and it was an around the clock experience. I had mean, told people who, who were interning at the Post who asked me, I mean, don't expect the kind of you know, you know, tour the Capitol building. I mean you're the, you're there to work. <laughs> right. And it, it it was um it was awesome and it, it was uh I I was fortunate to to be kept on after the internship as uh as uh, writer for University of Virginia and Virginia Tech. So I was covering college sports, college football, college basketball, a little college baseball and college cross there as well. Um and, and, and so they, 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 they kept me on uh, and it, it was a fortunate situation because uh, they had a writer who, who was covering both those teams who both you and I knew, Adam Gilgore, yep. um, and he took a job uh, in, in, in late the summer, mid to late summer, uh, covering the Boston Red Sox. And UVA, Virginia, was, was opening the season up against USC. USC is uh, one of the top teams in the country that year. Virginia Tech nationally ranked. Um, and they need a B-rider, and they need someone in there quickly. They need someone who can move, and, and, and is it, it, able to go from Charlottesville to Blacksburg back and forth every day, and it kind of gave it to me on a trial basis, and it, it um, turned into something that that uh, was was two years there, and I loved it. Um, and I, I, I literally, every single day at the Washington Post, it was like a, a dream come true. Uh, but while I was there, I also realized uh, that the NFL is king, and that covering the NFL um, would, would, A, it'd be such an enriching experience, um, but but also it'd be a good career path because every city I went to, they're always talking about the NFL, the lead story in every paper. And it, it was pretty obvious to see that if you get your foot in the door covering the NFL, and for someone like me who loves football, loves the NFL, um, really wanted to have that kind of job, I was, I was looking for that type of opportunity, in it team um, at the Star Legend, and uh, that's a paper in, in Newark, New Jersey. Uh, they had a job covering the Giants, um, and I, so I, I left my job at the post to cover the Giants, and uh, and, and, and that was really neat. Um, it was great being in the New York market. I had a chance to work with some really talented people. Uh, among them was my partner on the beat, Mike Arapolo, who so I really learned so much about covering the NFL, from so I knew that. Fox Sports Now, um, and, and just being around the Giants' feet uh, was a great introduction. Uh, and, and I was there for a year and a half, uh, and then I had a unique opportunity presented to me, and that was my hometown, Philly, my family's in Philly, I love Philly, and the Philadelphia Daily News was starting a, 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 a magazine, uh, was called Sports Week, and it was a chance to do some long-form writing, uh, which... I had always been interested in, and you don't really get a chance at papers to to write uh, these long magazine type stories. uh, An opportunity to kind of flex muscles and and to see if I had those Uh, muscles as a writer, and it also had a TV opportunity because they News had an affiliation with uh, Comcast Fortune. So um, I left Star Ledger for that, it was an upstart publication. Uh, that gave me an incredible experience, uh, but the publication it, itself didn't work out. There was an no ownership change at the Daily News. It just, didn't, um, it just didn't work out for me, and and, and so then I was uh, a free agent, if you will, and <laughs> I freelanced um, for the uh, for the New York Times uh, for a few months, uh, which was which was neat. I was living in Philly, and I was, I was doing Yankee games, and Mets games, teachers, uh and it was a chance to write for. I mean. Of one of the, the the great news organizations in the world, um, but uh, but then uh, after a few months of that, the off flyer an called um, and there was an opportunity to cover the Eagles. And uh, as I said earlier, covering the NFL was uh, is is what I wanted to do. Um, it's what I'm probably best at doing. And I I took I took I took that job. That was uh, the summer of 2012. I've been in, I've been on it ever since. Um, so that's a really long answer, but that's kind of my career path, how I went from being edited by you uh, in daily orange office, to being talked to you now as uh, the big writer for me.
0: And you mentioned you grew up in Philly, and nowadays, the whole, you know, how do you cover a team that you loved as a kid, I think we're so past that. People like Bill Simmons, yeah. you know, Michelle Beadle. They put their flag, their fan flag front and center, but not even beyond that, it's so easy to become a professional and cover things you used to love. So I'm not going to ask you about that, but what's the reaction like from people that you grew up with? I'm sure you've still got friends or family members that watch the Eagles games with you yelling at, I don't know, Randall Cunningham or Donovan McNabb when you're younger. Now they're probably still more the diehard fan, whereas you're the professional covering them. Is that a weird thing to have to deal with now that you're in the position you're in?
1: No, no, and 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 I I understand the question, I, and I, I get it a lot. Uh, and from my perspective, and to kind of touch on what you said, you become desensitized to it, and you don't become desensitized to the, to the sport. I mean, I love football. I mean, I'll watch, I'll watch every game I can. Uh, I mean, I I, I I I get excited about going to the games, covering the games, but you get desensitized from the fanaticism. And what I mean by that is um, to put it. <laughs> uh, I, I hope it doesn't come out the wrong way. You become more loyal to yourself than, than to the team. Uh, so uh, I, I, I want the to do well on Tuesday morning uh, after the Eagles Monday night game. I want my story to be good um, on Tuesday morning after, after that Monday night game. I want to make sure I have the best coverage in the Philadelphia market. And whether the Eagles win or lose the material. I mean, what, what matters is, is uh, the content that I produce for the fans and really um, so I, I kind of desensitize myself to the fanaticism of it and, and that and, and that's happened since I was um, you know covering charities I wasn't a charities fan but, and the same thing when I was at the Washington Post and covering the Giants I and mean, covering the Giants covering the Eagles uh, these teams are our rivals but, but really you hunker down and you worry about the job and, and that's that's kind of the way I think as far as my friends and my family, um, yeah, they're all diehard Eagles fans, and, and it's it, it's great because um it's a it's a topic to talk about. I mean, I I'm I'm well versed in every single topic. All
0: right, but does that get old for you? Like I, I
1: can talk to anyone about it, uh, so it it certainly doesn't bother me, and it's not awkward. Uh, what's 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 awkward is kind of giving the explanation. That when someone says go legal, you
0: say, well, go inquire, not go <laughs> <eagles>. <laughs> But, like, that doesn't get old for you. Like, I don't know, Thanksgiving dinner or something, and they all just, they're asking you. They kind of want the inside scoop. I, like, I have a cousin who's a nurse, and she says, you know, this is my rule. No matter what illness you think you have or if you feel sick, I'm not going to give you any medical advice. I'm not going to look at that growth on your face or anything because that's, you know, church and state. You're cool with that? People, like, kind of essentially tapping into your reporter side in a non-formal environment?
1: Uh, yeah, for the most part, I am. Because, uh, you know, one of the, the reasons I wanted to get into this business is because I, I love talking sports I love writing about sports. I'm the kind of guy, and, and, and this is why that I'm here, um, in that I'm the kind of guy who, when I go to these games, um, I, I didn't want to be out there tailgating. I, I wanted to be asking the coach why he, he made that decision or asking uh, the quarterback why he threw that pass, uh, or what he was thinking when he threw that bat just going down the list. So no, so I I I love talking to sports. Uh it's not that it gets it's not that it gets re- repetitive. The only thing is, is that you it, it's not the only thing I'm able to talk about. You know, so yeah. the same way if it's it, 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 it me um uh, a teacher or a doctor or a lawyer or a fireman, you don't think their job is the only thing they can stuff. Eagles is not the the only thing I get to discuss, but it's, it's the thing that um, that, that, that I, I, I end up discussing most, And I, I do realize and I appreciate the fact that uh, sports is a good dinner party conversation, so to speak. So, so when you're meeting people, uh, it's much easier to talk about sports than it is to talk about um, something that, that kind of doesn't uh, galvanize a wide-swap of people as much football does.
0: Yeah, you want to avoid religion and politics and you wanna to stick to NFL and you know, NBA and whatever else is the season du jour. Let's talk Let's talk working in Philly and covering the Eagles. You know what it's like growing up in that market. Um, As a New York market person myself, we obviously always have these kind of caricature uh, envisions of what we think Philly fans and Boston fans. Those are the two kind of sister rival cities in particular. Um, How would you describe the Philly fan base and what's your interaction like with them when you're hearing their reactions or their feedback to what you have to say in your coverage of their beloved Eagles?
1: Oh, I I think fans are awesome, and I I mean that I mean they're so passionate that it, it's it's uh, it's such joy to cover because you know people are, are reading. I I mean um, you know I I try, I try not to pretend I don't pretend that, that like I I don't care with readers don't read. I put my name on top of the stories because I'm proud of it, You know, uh, so so uh, the the most the, what what you want as a writer. It, it would be interesting, whether it's it, uh, you know, it, well, especially the, the the fans of all ages, uh, and it so it's, it's great so in it Philadelphia. They're as passionate as they are anywhere. And I, I I worked in the New York market. I I worked in the Washington market. And what's interesting about Philly is is that first off, Philly's a very parochial city, and that a lot of people who live in Philly are from Philly. So uh, that's starting to change a bit, but. Still, you, you have a lot of people who are born Eagles fans, raised Eagles fans, and are still Eagles fans here. Number one, and number two, it's not really split. If, if you're working in New York, there's a lot of Giants fans and there's a lot of Jets fans. Yep. Um, but in, in, in Philly, there's only one group of fans, really, and that's Eagles fans. Uh, so um, I I think it's great. Ashton, there's so much media, which is fun because there's so much competition. Um, and uh, it's... It's just it's it's really neat every single day, every single topic you you write about generates interest. There's a passionate group of fans that from player one to player fifty three, um the fans are interested in them. Uh so for so the way I see it, uh it's it's really cool to to uh be working in a city like this because um I, I haven't had the experience of 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 working in a Small NFL market, um, and that magic sense to right there as well. But being in, in Philadelphia is a real treat
0: for these. So, what's the what's it looking like this season? I was just catching up, doing some research, reading some of your more recent pieces, uh, getting ramped up for the season. Um, a lot of experts seem to think it's the Cowboys' division to lose, but the Eagles could be the one that sneak in there. Give us your uh, your ninety second thoughts on how twenty fifteen is going to unfold for them.
1: Sure. Uh, if Sam Bradford is healthy, which is no given considering his injury history, uh, they will be a, a, a really dynamic team. Uh, they 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 have uh, a, a really good offensive system, a diversity of offensive weapons, and you can go that they have personnel groupings in uh, on the offensive side between the running backs, tight ends, and receivers that that are really intriguing, and they can play different matchups. Uh, Defensive front seven. Um, is a strong, uh, is one of the strongest units that there is. Uh, the question for them is secondary. That was a major issue last year. And the depth, uh, in the secondary and the, and the depth, um, at outside linebacker. and then, and then also the depth on the offensive line. But put it, put it. But overall, this is a team that if they get good quarterback play, uh, and they avoid the turnovers like they did last year, they're going to be a contender.
0: You probably thought you were done with this topic of discussion after uh, a couple weeks ago. But what was it like with Tim Tebow in camp? I had to get at least that one Tebow question in. I'm yeah. sure you're sick of it. But obviously, he comes, uh, with, he comes with this aura about him. And everyone kind of yeah. thinks, oh, this is a three-ring circus everywhere he goes. What was it like being the person that's uh, tasked with delivering all this information on this guy that's so, I guess, polarizing is the best word. But I mean, walk me through what summer with Tim was like.
1: You know, he. I, I found him to be a, a nice guy, a personable guy. Um, and covering him, it was covering a third quarterback competition. So I, I, I make that clear from my perspective as as the b writer. You looked at it in the context of will he make the team, um, and and obviously his his story and his persona brings a lot of attention. Um, but uh, but. From the B writer's perspective, it, it was his competition for the number three spot with with, with Matt Barkley. Uh, so so that was really how how I approached it, um, and I, I I didn't do anything that um, I I did write about him maybe more than I would a typical third quarterback competition, um, and, and I, I guess you can say part of that was because it, it's Tebow, but there was. Such interest in the quarterback competition from the stand, uh, that I, I felt that was, was warranted. But I don't think, um, myself and my colleague Jeff is and on, on the, he's he, my fellow team writer, so to speak. Uh, I don't think we kind of exploited, uh, the, uh, on, on either Tim Tebow or overcovered him. I, I think we kind of gave him the, the coverage he, he deserved. So, uh, that is, If that makes sense, I I really approached it like a third-quarterback competition.
0: How is it for you with a guy like Tebow? He's a good example. He's essentially your age. I think you guys are, what, a year or two apart?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: they're about. So what's it like for you? Because growing up, I'm sure you were the same way. All the people I used to read and listen to and watch and follow were usually – older than the players they covered, and now, thanks to the internet and a lot of different media outlets, I feel like a lot of people covering sports are the same age, even younger than a lot of the athletes they're covering. Is it weird, you're talking to this guy who basically has been in the national spotlight for the last 10 plus years, and he's literally fighting for a job, even if it's a very high profile, high spotlight job, Is it? what's it like being the same age as a lot of these guys and essentially, you're the one putting them under a microscope. Uh, the talking to them. What's the conversation like? Is there any kind of extra rapport that you think you have with these guys that maybe an older beat writer wouldn't? Uh, what's the unique aspect of being basically prime NFL age and you're you're covering it instead of playing it? Yeah,
1: that's an interesting question. Um, it's uh, I, I I do think it's advantageous to a certain extent, uh, and what I mean by that is it's probably better to be a 29-year-old talking to a 27-year-old than a 49-year-old talking to a 27-year-old. Um, so uh, it's, it's probably advantageous from, from that perspective. Now, I don't live the same lives that a lot of these guys do, uh, but I, I do think that, uh, that there is an advantage being a, a, a contemporary, at, at least in age, um, so, yeah, so, but, but it's, it's not odd. It's, it's not weird. Uh, and actually, I, I look at these guys uh, in a similar sense when when you and I were at Thericke's and we were covering yeah, college students. yeah, We were college students covering college students. I am, you know, a 29-year-old covering 25, 26, 27-year-old. Um, and as I said, different lifestyles, different backgrounds. Um, but, you know, I, I mean, we are you know, because they know I'm one of the young reporters. Um, and so, so yes, yeah, so I do think there's an
0: advantage there. Yeah. I remember when I first got out of college, I went the play by play route, did a couple of years, minor league baseball. And essentially it was, I was in the struggle just like these guys, you're fresh out of college, looking to work your way up. And you, it's the, the trap is there to think that, Oh, these guys are my buddies or my pals. We're going through the same kind of thing, but you got to step back. You got to remember that you're there to do a job. They're there to do a job. And there's a line there that you can't really be crossed if you want to do your job well, but always something interesting to think about.
1: Yes, yes, you're you're right there, and and the other thing, every 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 reporter has a different style. Um, I mean, I, I I don't pretend that um I'm, I'm I'm friends with these guys. I mean, I'm friendlier with with some than with others, but it it uh it's, it, it needs to be a professional business relationship. Um, and it, it really is. I mean, Eagle's locker room has, has a lot of good guys in there. Um, but, uh, so I, you know, I, 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 I try to understand the nature of, of, of the relationship, and that's important, too, because when a player has a great game, when a player has a bad game, I need to cover them just the same. Um, so so it's really important uh, to, to, to kind of keep uh, the build relationships, um, but also to kind of to make sure that, both player and band reporter understand
0: the nature of the relationship. All right, time for the lightning round, ZB, because you got a plane to yes. catch down to Atlanta. Uh, we do this with all the guests, just a couple of quick hitter questions to wrap things up. So you have to answer these, though. There's no cop outs. There's no you know political correct sitting on the fence. So uh, we're coming with okay. the hard stuff here. Who is the who's the obviously you don't have the, the relationships we talked about that just moments ago. But who's the best quote on the team? Who do you love talking to the most? Interviewing the most? win lose draw on the Eagles.
1: Uh Connor Barwin is is an interesting guy who has good perspective. Uh so I would say Connor Barwin. I mean I it's a it's a cop out to say there, there's there's a there's a lot of guys and then in the locker is always changing. I and mean, LeShawn McCoy uh used to be really interesting. <laughs> um uh, very quotable but uh, uh Connor Barwin's a guy who I can point to who uh He's he's pretty insightful and and he, he's pretty thoughtful in his approach to it. So uh, so that's a name I, I I give you.
0: How many games will Sam Bradford play in this year?
1: Um, let's let's go with thirteen. Uh, and and, and I, I wish I knew because I could kind of give a season preview better. <laughs> right, right, That That would, the crystal ball
0: uh, would clear up a little bit. Sure.
1: Uh, and I I just look at Chip Kelly. Um, Two years here, his starting quarterbacks have gotten hurt both years. Um, Sam Bradford is injured prone. I'm not going to predict a season-ending injury, but he he could be nicked up here and there. So I I think 13 is a good number to go with.
0: What's your favorite press box to watch a game from in the NFL? I
1: love going to Dallas. Um, Dallas is is a really neat place to watch a game. Um, That's a great stadium, so... Uh, I'll give you Dallas and Baltimore is a great press box as well.
0: Will the Eagles win a Super Bowl in the next 10 years?
1: Next 10 years? Uh, sure, sure. I mean, I, I wish I knew, but I'm I'm going to say yes. Yes, I, yes. I, I think they have a good coach, good system, and if they have a franchise quarterback, uh, they'll be up there.
0: <laughs> All right. Speaking about you a few down the road, say 25 years from now, not even, say when you're 50 years old, you get it to peak into a week in your life. Where do you hope you are professionally? What would be sort of your dream job once you've been doing this for a couple decades?
1: Sure. I would say my dream job would be um, I want to be doing this. I, I want to be on on TV writing about the NFL in some capacity. Uh, oh, no. I, I, hold on. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to reset my answer. Um, okay. And, Clean slate. and, and and the reason I'm resetting my answer is because uh it it keeps changing um and the media landscape keeps changing and i i I don't know uh where it's going what i i what <laughs> is this gonna sound a like a, a political correct answer I just want to be in a position that whatever that dream job is i'm I'm qualified to do it and what I mean by that is five years ago I didn't anticipate uh being in this position doing this. Um, and when I was starting in college, I didn't anticipate covering Virginia and Virginia Tech out of college. Um, and and really, I don't know, uh, television-wise, print-wise, magazine-wise, I don't know where the industry is going. It's, it's kind of always evolving. And the key is, is to is to be relevant wherever I go and, and to kind of be interesting wherever I go. Uh, so I'll, I'm going to say that.
0: I'm going to let you have that cop-out answer just because we have no idea if TV will even exist or what the internet will look like by then. So I'll let you slide on that one. Let's look in the past, though, because that's not going to change. If you could cover, so not as a fan, you're there as a journalist, you can cover any sporting event in history, where would you want your press pass to have you?
1: Any sporting, that's a great question. Any sporting event in, in history... Um, Wow. Uh, huh. Let me think about this one here. Oh, actually, no. Here, here you go. Uh, if I could cover anything, let's in the history of sports, let's make it the dream team.
0: There you go. That's a, good, uh, that's a great answer. There,
1: that being in Barcelona '92, and, and I'm not, and maybe you can edit the past like 40 seconds when i been <laughs> coming in hallway trying to figure this out, um, but. If I could be in Barcelona in '92 covering the Dream Team, that would be awesome.
0: Yeah, that's a good one, uh, and that is a tough question to put you on the spot. So maybe in the studio in post production, we'll cut down some of that thought process. But yeah, that was yeah. that's that's a great answer. Um, last one: Chase Utley or Allen Iverson? Oh,
1: Allen Iverson. Uh, I mean, I was I was you know ten years old, I think, when Iverson was drafted. Uh, the Sixers were such a hot team then. Um, and that was it, it. Was so neat to be in. I mean, I was in ninth grade when they made the finals in 01, um, and he was just so interesting. Uh, and if, if, if you're a teenager in Philadelphia in 2001, and, um, I, I mean, Alan Iverson is just so compelling to you. So I, 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 I got to go Allen Iverson.
0: All right, Zach Berman, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. Let the people know where they can find you, Twitter handles, uh, websites. Uh, where can they reach you and check out some of your work?
1: Sure. Well, well, first off, appreciate you having me. I look forward to coming on again when I'm not in the car and I can kind of give uh, – I, I, I hope these answers were good. Uh, but uh, they, they can check me out on philly.com, um, on, on Twitter, it's at Burn D-B-E-R-N, uh, and – I really appreciate it uh, you having me on and getting a chance to talk to you again.
0: Yeah, definitely, and safe travels down to Atlanta. Uh, This will hopefully be out before the Monday Night Football game, but if not, we'll obviously see how the Eagles got off to their season start. Again, he's Zach Berman. He writes for the Philly Inquirer. You can catch him at philly.com. You can also let him know how great of a job he does writing on Twitter, at ZBerm, that's Z-B-E-R-M. All right, ZB, man, this was awesome. And, yeah, definitely looking forward to getting you back on. Maybe when the Eagles make that Super Bowl run this year.
1: All right, sounds good. I appreciate it. Thanks
0: a lot, Mike. Safe travels. Talk to you soon. And thanks to you folks for listening. Make sure to visit com for all the information on how you can download and subscribe to the podcast. And make sure to check back in next week when I'll do better next time. See ya.